and welcome to Best Girl Grip, the podcast that celebrates the women behind the scenes of the British film industry. I'm your host, Nicole Davis. Hello, pod pals. Welcome to another episode of Best Girl Grip in Lockdown. As I mentioned in the kickoff episode for this mini-series, it was an endeavour of mine to use this time where we're all at home to speak to women that perhaps I wouldn't normally encounter being based in London. Through these interviews, I've travelled to Glasgow, Dublin and this week, Sheffield. Kat Marshall is a producer based in South Yorkshire and also a production supervisor for the Sheffield-based company Warp Films, whose projects include Shane Meadows' recently BAFTA-nominated series for Channel 4, The Virtues, This is England 90, The Last Panthers, and feature films such as Yardie and 71. In her role at Warp, Kat works in production across all the company's projects from development and prep right through to post and delivery. However, since 2018, Kat has been associate producer on Everybody's Talking About Jamie, the feature film adaptation of the hit West End musical about a teenage boy who dreams of becoming a drag queen. The film was shot in Sheffield last summer and fingers crossed will be released internationally this October. We talk about her experience on that shoot, as well as what provoked her desire to start producing. Kat is also currently on the Women in Film and TV uh, mentorship programme, so we dig into the value of that, as well as working in Sheffield, her experience of furlough, and how she's been keeping busy. Whether you're out taking a stroll, soaking in the tub, or scrubbing down your bathroom tiles, as I did the other day whilst listening to a podcast, I hope as ever you're using lockdown to be kind to yourself, to others, and as Kat sagely says later on in the interview, to figure out what's important to you. This is episode 54 of Best Girl Grow. your first job your first official job in the film ministry and what that was yeah so so my first paid job uh, where I get got a credit was on the documentary the stone roses made of stone so mm-hmm. I was brought in as a post assistant to help the head of production at warp films mm-hmm. and producer mark uh, with the post-production and the delivery of the project but actually I think that's a funny one because I always think of my first job being the, the job that kind of led me to working with Warp Films and the production side of the industry mm. was with an organisation called the Children's Media Conference. They are like an organisation in, in Sheffield, um, which is like a week of events for people who work in kids content. And I used to, when I went to university, I used to come home and basically work with them every summer and kind of work on the conference. and they introduced me to like a lot of people in the film and tv industry in Sheffield and I guess also gave me an insight into that world and taught me kind of skills that would then go on to kind of serve me very well so I feel like I yeah I always think of them as my first step into the film industry but officially my first paid role that I got credit for was the stone roses made of stone yeah and did you know you wanted to go into production? That was very much a sort of by design job that you got or you fell into it and then fell in love with it. How did that, how did that work? So I saw, I guess you could say I sort of fell into it. I, I, I did film at university and on leaving uni, I wanted to direct, I think. And I really wanted to focus on documentary. That's what I thought I was going to go into. But I think from working at Warp and working with Mark, I guess I realised that I was perhaps more suited to ultimately producing than directing why was that what skill set do you think producers need that you felt you were suited to 
well maybe it's less that I felt I was suited but I really enjoy like problem solving I really enjoy working with other people at, like creatively and try and kind of helping them bring their projects to life I guess mm. I think I'm quite I'm quite good at organization I'm quite good at being on top of things and making things happen so and that really uh, that really drives me and how soon off of working on the stone roses doc to then getting a full-time position at warp did that happen quite quickly or did you kind of go away and then come back again no it happened really quickly so i i, I originally got the position on the stone roses doc because i did a month-long internship with warp so they used to do internships and I found out about it from a friend, applied and got it. And basically, at the end of my internship, they said, there's this position coming up uh, for two to three months. Would you like to do it? And I said, yeah, that sounds great. Thinking this will be a really great opportunity to get some kind of to get a credit and get some paid experience. And then really kind of two to three months, turned to four months. And then now I've been there seven years and it just, yeah, I've never really left, which mm. is yeah, funny one. Like my whole career has been at Warp. Yeah, that's something that occurs to me as quite common of the film industry is that you'll start out in a post that might only, you know, on the contract that says three to six months, but then it will kind of keep rolling over. And I'm wondering how, like, does your mindset just prepare you to sort of keep taking it as it comes? Like, do you have to sort of just go with the flow with that kind of thing? Because, yeah, I've always had, like, very fixed-term contract kind of roles and it kind of it makes you feel quite precarious and I'm one, and sometimes I feel like I'm never enjoying the post as much as I could or should be because of that because you're constantly thinking about because you're on the edge of thinking like oh god do I have to look for something else like am I about to leave like did you find that or you just you felt quite settled and like it was going to turn into something long term I think when I was doing the Stone Roses documentary I very much felt like I fitted in with that team like Wolf is a very it's a very small team it's well, there's six in the Sheffield office and about six in the London office. So we everybody works very closely. And I very much felt like they enjoyed having me around and I enjoyed being there. And I didn't necessarily think it would turn into a job at all. Like I didn't go into that two to three month position being like, great, I'm going to get a permanent position out of this. But I do think that I, yeah, I don't know when they, they did straight up offer me a pretty much permanent position after that two to three months, which right. was yeah pretty I think that's pretty unusual like in to to be given a job like to be offered a job in so I'm based up in Sheffield like that's where our head office mm. is so to be offered a job outside of London in-house a permanent contract like I really did I guess feel like I'd won the jackpot a little bit <laughs> you come out of university and you're like oh god I'm gonna have to move to London I'm gonna have to like save up loads of money to try and like work for free for a long time which is like hopefully that's changed since I was starting out you know we should be paying people for their their time and their their work um even if they're just starting out but it I think I'm a very I think I'm quite lucky in that respect in that I I kind of ended up in this in this job that that kind of was outside of London and doing something I really love I don't know too much about Sheffield but I, I from my understanding it has quite a vibrant filmmaking community I know a lot of productions shoot up in Bradford nearby is is that true to your experience what do you enjoy about working in Sheffield? Uh, yeah so, so I'm originally from Sheffield I'm born and bred here so um, it's my home so I love it growing up here like there was always a lot of like arts and film stuff going on we have Docfest, we have children and media conference there's like the adventure film festival there were all these things that I used to go to as a teenager I guess and yeah, my experience of trying to find ex like 
work experience and work after during and after university was that there was a lot of independent filmmakers making a living up here uh, making films so there's a yeah there is a really lovely community and I think it's sometimes hard because I think sometimes I'm like oh well if I was in London like there'd be there's all these networks and everything's happening down there mm. but actually yeah I think Sheffield has has a brilliant community and I love going to events where I don't know you think oh, I'm not going to know anyone here and you walk in and you know everybody in the room because it's such a tight-knit mm. unity and in terms of productions like more and more people are coming up to shoot here I think because they realize what we've got like we've got crew we've got amazing crew and we've got you know we're cheaper than shooting in London down south and you know like you can make Manchester and Liverpool look like all sorts of places so yeah I think more and more productions are coming up here it's definitely going to be interesting because obviously we're doing everything on zoom at the mm. moment lockdown and I was talking to somebody the other day and they were like you know I really hope that people realize that you don't have to do an event just in London for like 30 people like you can do an event for a whole like a mm. huge people on zoom and then you're opening it up to so many different people from all over the country and that's and you're cutting costs as well I guess as well because you don't have venue hire and well potentially not but yeah I think I really hope we kind of will take away from this time that I mean I mean I'm I've been do, going to a lot of the seminars on uh, the women in film and tv seminars that have been mm. going on and also like you know screen skills have got so many great resources and sessions going on at the moment and like how incredible if we could keep that happening so that it's accessible for everybody not just people yeah stuff. exactly and like access to people that perhaps you just wouldn't normally like whether you know if tickets are expensive or I think one in one night I um saw a Q&A with Ben Wheatley and then Britt Marling and I was like how great just like two amazing filmmakers and two minds and all crammed into yeah one my, my one bedroom <laughs> um let's talk a bit about your your role at Warp Films and what you do you're a, you're a production supervisor which I mean to me is sort of a does what it says on the tin uh, kind of role so <laughs> but what is it that you're responsible for um at Warp? Yeah so I, I actually find this question quite hard because I feel like we um we do things kind of a little bit differently at Warp, yeah, and every day is different. So d depending on the project, I guess my role as production supervisor it's an in-house role. Um, I work closely with the head of production at Warp Films, Barry, Barry Ryan. Once a project is greenlit, we essentially will start working with the producer to put the team together and crew up to ensure that like all the relevant paperwork is started, to make sure that the team and the crew are assembling, follow company guidelines and procedures. We're often across casting, speaking with our agents and making sure deals are done. We'll read the script to work out how to make it and how to achieve the director's vision. So rather than from like a creative perspective, we'll be reading the script right. even before it's greenlit to kind of be like, okay, how are we gonna make this happen? Okay, what could we do here? So, achieve this look that the director wants or yeah we're there as a kind of a sounding board for the producers and the teams to come to when there are problems uh we'll be doing this kind of all the way through production and into post so yeah we have quite a unique way of working at warp and i think so so a lot of my job is making sure we're across the teams and the productions and making sure they're like working in line with like warp's values and like kind of 
the way that we want things to run. Ultimately, being across everything from a from a production and logistical perspective. Is that what's unique? The fact that you're across everything in in such a sort of intrinsic and impactful way, or you know, yeah, perhaps speak a bit yeah, more about guess, that. Yes, because we're such a small team, so it does feel that like everybody is involved in every element of it. You know, like warp are very focused on making sure that got a commitment to authenticity and like authorship and like creating a space for directors and creatives to like truly be themselves and I think that is something that means that they work slightly differently sometimes. And do you find yeah. that good on an individual level in that it's um, each production is different and you're, you can be doing something different each day it sort of keeps it interesting? Yeah definitely like every day and every production brings up like a different kind of problem to solve or this director wants to do this how are we going to make that happen or you know so always keeps things fresh and and I think as well working with Warp especially being there for such a long time like I've learned so much from them from being because they're very much a company that kind of throw you in at the deep end they're very much like okay well we need someone to do this cat go and have a go at that you know I remember okay. being production assistant or whatever and you're getting the opportunity to try it they're like just have a go at doing these contracts or have a go at doing this or why don't you go on set and shadow this person or whatever so there's that they're very I guess could you use the word generous they're always kind of pushing you to be your best self and, and giving you opportunities to kind of grow which is which is really lovely like I said because we're such a small team we definitely I mean I sit across from you know we all sit like in the same room so you're constantly yeah up what this per the finance department are doing or what like you're very yeah you just pick up things in that way it's a really interesting and it's a very interesting space to learn I guess and it's yeah it's like the hierarchy is flattened isn't it it's not like you have to go and knock on someone's like office door to like be allowed in exactly. and also I was wondering if perhaps we could use that as a good point to talk about your your inclusion in this year's women in film and tv their mentorship program you've been selected as someone to be mentored uh is that still going ahead and if it is can you talk a little bit about that experience but also why you felt like now was the right time for you to be mentored yeah so so definitely we had a we had our induction day on friday the 6th of march and oh then my we god had, I think, yeah i think so so we all came together there's 20 women on the scheme so we all came together for the induction day and then i think we had one session the following week and you're supposed to have like as they run like sessions every every week in london so you know i've been planning to go down to london every week and go to these sessions and then yeah we had one of them and lockdown hit us but despite that yeah it's continued and we've been doing like the weekly sessions and seminars and workshops on zoom and it's really yeah it's been really wonderful I feel really grateful to have like this group of women and Tracy who runs it supporting me through these like very strange times mm. and I've, as I said I've been kind of really enjoying getting to know them all and like hearing what they do and we're all from such different kind of walks of life in the industry that yeah it's been really interesting sharing skills and experiences um, so it's felt like a really positive thing during this time and has given me like a lot of structure and why did I guess why did I why did I feel like I wanted to to do the scheme yeah I guess I mean it's quite a personal question but just what like in terms of where you're at in your career why did you think I need this now because I often wonder at what point you feel like a mentor would be most valuable to you because when you're when you're younger and you're still figuring it out it's sort of it's hard to know what a mentor can bring 
if you're still yeah just figuring out what your path is and what you have to learn so often it is later on that you need one but then you kind of feel like oh am, am I too old to have have a mentor and you know did that that figure into your decision and how did that work for you yeah I think this scheme's really interesting well it's great because it's for like mid-career or that's what it's kind of advertised as so I basically applied after we'd finished everybody's talking about Jamie which I was associate producer on it kind of felt like a time when I didn't pretend I mean, I took a sabbatical from my Warp Films production supervisor role mm -hmm. uh, to basically go and be full time on Everybody's Talking About Jamie. And when the shoot finished, uh, I'd, I'd kind of spent two years working really intensely on this project or nearly two years anyway. And it felt like a moment where I was like, OK, what what do I really want to do now? What do I want to what do I want to where do I want to go in my career? And I ultimately want to produce and the production supervisor role doesn't really allow space for me to do that. So it felt quite a, it felt quite a, it felt like the right time to look for, to start thinking about what the next step was to try and make decisions about what was important to me and how I was going to kind of take this leap into doing something that felt really scary actually, because I've spent seven years in the same company and leaving that kind of bubble almost and moving out on my own and and so it felt like it was actually a friend in the industry that suggested that I apply for it they were like I think you could do some like mentoring just to kind of chat all of this through with somebody and mm. I was like yeah that's a great idea but you know what I, I didn't actually think I thought I would apply and I didn't think I would get on it I thought oh no no I'm not experienced enough or you know <laughs> that's not. so funny that you think that you have to be experienced to be getting more advice <laughs> it's bizarre isn't it and also just like, yeah, I think that's a very common, it's really interesting on the scheme actually, because everybody had that feeling, like everybody was like, I'm not going to be good enough. I'm not going to be, you know, experienced enough. Well, I guess it's kind of sad that we all had those, those feelings, you know, mm. I think it's quite common for people to have like imposter syndrome or whatever, but it's been really good to kind of chat through that with everyone. So if anyone's thinking of doing it, definitely just stick an application and go for it. I also love this idea that you might be like pondering a change in your career and it doesn't often just happen by circumstance or or luck like the you know planning and thought does often have to go into these things and perhaps one benefit of lockdown is that it's afforded you the time to maybe do that and to think think things out which is great uh let's let's sort of we sort of skipped ahead a little bit to jamie and i really do want to talk about that because that's a really exciting project but let's rewind a little bit back to warp and talking about their slate which is such an interesting one because you work across film and tv you've done stuff like the last panthers the virtues which was just bafta nominated well done guys <laughs> and then like 71 and yardy great indie films so can you maybe talk me through the the nuances of working on different productions for film and tv and you know how how that process differs for you yeah i've been thinking about this and actually my responsibilities are very much the same across those projects partly because warp's approach to tv is very similar to them to making a film i think they approach it in a very authored kind of way and so again it is sort of just making sure things run smoothly being across everything and obviously you know like there's different deliverables and different formats required by say i don't know channel four compared to like the bfi but mm. Overall, I'd say my role as a production supervisor is pretty much the same. I'm kind of, I guess every project is different in terms of like The Virtues was a very different project to The Last Panthers. You know, The Virtues was shot in Sheffield um, and Ireland and 
whereas the last panthers was shot like you know the, the virtues production office was like up the road from our office and <laughs> the last Panther was shot in three or four countries i think and we were like you know i think about the problems we had on that we're like trying to get kit to serbia and things like that, which is a very different very different to kind of trying to make sheffield look like ireland but for the projects that are shot in sheffield i'm much more there and much more around because right. i have connections and links within yorkshire i guess that productions and producers can use whereas if a shoot is in london or abroad i'm perhaps more absent because i can't be in i don't know i can't be in spain or france m much of my role is the same across tv and film probably because of warp's approach to it mm. does that make sense <laughs> yeah and i'm also really interested in the fact that you know despite being yorkshire based they're obviously a company with kind of international ambitions and and not wanting to be limited by that location you know the projects as you say set all over the UK and sometimes the world is that is that being quite like an exciting part of the role as well to sort of be putting together these international productions yeah definitely like yeah it's been I mean I love making I love making projects in Yorkshire like I absolutely loved making everybody's talking about Jamie and Sheffield I do get real joy from like making projects in Yorkshire but then yeah of course it's exciting to to kind of be filming like what last year we were also filming Little Birds in Spain which is coming to Sky Atlantic in August and that is really exciting and it's really cool to get to work with other production companies and like crew from other places so like on last panthers we were working with oa core who were a production company based in france it was great getting to see how different countries and different production companies based there do things a large part of the role as you've explained it you know of a production supervisor it sounds quite logistical and and overseeing lots of moving parts and making sure that everything's running smoothly but i'm wondering if you also find it creatively fulfilling so a lot of my work as a production supervisor isn't officially creative as such. In that role, I'm not technically working in the development side of things or reading scripts and giving feedback and developing ideas. But having said that, I guess Warp, because again, I keep saying this, because we're, we're such a small team, we're all encouraged to kind of actively give feedback and be creative on projects. So we'll often be asked to read scripts and and kind of give feedback on things that people are working on and ideas that people are developing. And Mark and Peter, the joint CEOs, are very good at like involving everybody in that. So I have felt like I've been able to be creative in the role. I used to be actually Mark's PA after I originally, after I did the post uh, assistant role on the Stone Roses doc, that's what I was essentially brought in to do. I was brought in to be Mark's PA and also work in production alongside Barry and I think just like yeah working closely with Mark he's very I think he's very generous with his like time and like letting you sit in on like meetings and letting you kind of read stuff and asking what your opinion is on and I don't mm. think everybody probably like everybody is like that probably so I do feel like I've been able to be creative at Warp and in that role even though it is very much production and logistics I guess I'm always having to be creative in the way I work as like yeah the challenges that arise from each project mm trying to figure out how to, I don't know, problem solve. You know, I think my roles have often been, it's kind of like, they're not really like easy, you know, I'm not a production coordinator on a, a freelance production coordinator where mm. it's very clear what your roles are. So I think often I worry that people won't be able to understand what I do or, but with producers, I guess often you have to really dig into the, the credit and dig into what they did behind that credit because 
mm. you can get a producer credit for giving finance or you know an associate producer credit for i don't know finding the the, the subject or finding the the script yeah it's kind of funny isn't it because i think yeah often with producer credits you do have to dig into the details of what that person was actually doing on that project and talk me through how the opportunity to associate produce everybody's talking about jamie came up was that something that you were looking for actively or was that you know serendipity it was kind of serendipity actually so i guess well in some ways so i i, I made it i'd made it clear to what that i wanted to move into producing and i'd been having conversations with them about how that might happen and I'd been given the opportunity to produce a short for them for Sky Arts back in 2017, which was really great. And then I think it was probably in, kind of later in 2017 that I saw everybody's talking about Jamie uh, when it first came out at the Crucible Theatre in Sheffield. And I came back and told the team about it and raved about it. And a couple of other people went and saw it and loved it. And basically we just began the process, well, Walt began the process of optioning it. It did feel very right at the time when that was all happening, because like Jonathan Buttrell, the directors from Sheffield, it's set in Sheffield, were in Sheffield. So I remember it being like, one, really exciting, but two, it felt really right. And I was kind of involved in those initial meetings and got on really well with the key creative team of the theatre show. So Jonathan, Tom and Dan. And I basically ended up just working really closely with Jonathan, the director. And obviously I've worked for a long time with Mark. And yeah, I guess it became apparent to Mark and the team at Warp that I was really passionate about the project and I got on well with Johnny and, and everybody. And, and so they basically asked if I wanted to take a sabbatical to basically work on it full time. And it kind of, yeah, that just kind of felt like too good of an opportunity to pass by and it made sense because I wanted to produce in my own right and make a move into producing felt like a logical next step. I mean, yeah, let's talk through that that challenge and how you approached or how you prepped for it. You know, did you did you do homework? Did you ask any friends, you know, their experience of producing stuff? How did you gear up for that? Working as production supervisor alongside Barry, I had kind of picked up and been like watching and learning yeah. from him and from Mark. I mean, a lot of the time I feel like I'm, I've just been like, you know, I've worked so closely with Mark that you're just often just watching, shadowing them almost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I feel like I have learned so much from those, from, from the Warp team. And it, it kind of, it was less, I think it was, it was, I didn't really think about it, to be honest. It just felt very natural. I mean, I've done, I had, I've done like short courses and things like that before in the past and, Obviously, shooting the short in 2017 for Sky Arts was like a big challenge and like a big learning curve. None of us had ever made a musical. So I think that came as a bit of a shock for all of us. Like, I mean, there's just so many moving parts. On Jamie, there was like, I was doing a lot of, as a producer, your people skills are really important, I think, because you're, you're working with so many people. You're the kind of person that's kind of in the middle of everything and everyone's coming to you with problems and you're solving them like actively as you go. And I kind of, I kind of already knew that. And that was kind of part of my job as a production supervisor. Like a lot of the time you'll have productions coming to you being like, this is happening and we need to, we need to solve it. And you'll be like, okay, leave it with us. We'll, we'll try and fix it. And I think part of my nature, probably I am a problem solver. I love fixing things. I love making things happen. I think I found, I, I'm not saying I found it hard because I really, I really didn't. <laughs> um, it was challenging in so many ways. 
I guess for me, I'd never been on a set of that long. So it was the first time I'd made a musical. The shoot was 12 weeks long. I'd not been on a project that intimately for that long. So like working full time on a project from right from the very because when I'm in when I'm production supervisor, I'm across multiple projects that might be in prep, post production. Right. And I'm from kind of a distance, kind of making sure all of them are running smoothly. Mm. This was very different because it was a much more in-depth role. I really felt a lot more ownership over the project because I was, you know, there from the very beginning, like from the first time I saw it at the Crucible. It very much felt like a baby (laughs) and I'd not had that, I guess, with a feature film before. So I guess it was the first time for me working closely on it from the very get go to like still working on it now, you know, and seeing it through to to, to the release of the film and potentially after. And also, I'm I'm wondering what your relationship to the film is now. As you say, it's heading towards distribution, but um, has the date that it was meant to be released changed? And how are you negotiating kind of, yeah, this this fractious period with your plans for the film? Yeah, so we're waiting to hear whether, obviously, so much is up in the air at the moment. We were supposed to be releasing October the 23rd in the UK, but basically... I guess a lot of that will be dependent on whether cinemas reopen. So the release date is very much to be confirmed. And I'm actually on furlough at the moment. So the the whole project, everybody's talking about Jamie, has kind of been put on hold. And it's only really some of the edit team who can work from home, the director and the lead producer, Mark, who are really working on it full time, you know. So and even then, it's very much like there's not actually very much we can do right now. It's been really interesting, actually, after spending two years basically on a project and kind of, I mean, last year, I don't really feel like I had, I didn't have a life. I was like in Jamie world. So it's been really interesting and very, yeah, kind of very weird, actually, to, to be almost forced to take a step back and not be involved in those those conversations that are happening around the release and things because obviously it's being distributed by Disney and so obviously they're all having they're continuing to have conversations about the marketing and such a bit so yeah it's been really interesting to be not part of all those conversations but hopefully as soon as we can get back to work I'll we'll kind of take everything off hold and be kind of getting back to it let's talk more about furlough and like how you've been keeping busy and energized and you know what you've been doing with your time because I think yeah as you say like not many of us are used to having this like forced period of pause so how have you been dealing with that yeah so it's really weird I, I've been saying to people like I don't know how like even though I'm on furlough so I'm not technically working I seem to be filling my days to the point where I don't have enough time in the day to get everything everything done I feel like that's a common that seems to be quite a common thing with people <laughs> I've definitely been forced to slow down a lot and that's kind of made me take stock of what's important to me. I think it's really easy when you're rushing about and you're so focused on one project or even just focused on your job or like making sure everyone else is okay to remember what you need. I guess if you forget what's important to you, then you can get kind of lost. So I think it's been really good this time in some ways to kind of force me to take a take a break and take a, take stock of what's happened over the last couple of years because I've been kind of running at full pelt but I've been yeah I've been keeping busy I mean obviously I'm doing the women in film and tv scheme which has been really nice it's given me you know weekly structure Uh, I've been helping at the local food bank which is not film related at all but I'm doing that three days a week just delivering parcels to people which has been great been reading reading a lot reading scripts doing things that I maybe wouldn't get time to do if I was like working full time 
I'm also working on uh, looking at developing some kind of tool packs and resources around kind of understanding gender identity practice within the film industry which kind of came from kind of some resources that we created on Jamie but mm. I'm trying to get that kind of seen wider in the industry and start conversations around that so I'm working with a consultant on that at the minute. That sounds um, amazing and so necessary I think we're still in such a like muddy place when it comes to pronouns and knowing yeah. knowing, knowing how to speak about the various identities. Yeah it's, it's really it's been really interesting actually like there's so much excitement from people that I've talked to about it. Does it feel like a precarious time to be in the film industry? Has it has it given you any sort of fear about working in this space or you kind of just feel like it will resume and, and perhaps with added vigour once we get back to normal in quotation marks? I think it's a scary and a precarious time for everyone obviously like regardless of industry. I mean I know like it's a really precarious time for a lot of people in terms of job security so many people are freelance in this industry and it's been a nightmare for them to get support from the government so I feel very lucky to have been put on you know to have been able to have even been put on furlough and for that to be possible so I think it's scary in terms of you know if we can't start shooting soon people people aren't getting support and kind of people can't make a living which is Mm. very scary so hopefully we'll start to move move forward and kind of people start maybe potentially start up again in kind of July August but yeah I guess I feel quite anxious to be completely honest about starting shooting again just because you know it doesn't really feel it doesn't really feel like the government has handled this whole situation very well so Mm. I'm finding it I think personally I'm finding it quite hard to kind of get my head around what even what the right thing to do is when we get such mixed messages from you know so many sources yeah, I feel like the easing sort of been a bit of a pretense, you yeah. know, and that it's sort of like, oh, we want to be seen to be um, fixing it as much as New Zealand and all the other countries that are sort of handling it much, much better. But it doesn't feel back. It doesn't feel backed up by the evidence of it actually dampening and being under control. So yeah, and I think I think also as well that for me, it's given a space to sort of think. Well, you know as great as film is and vibrant and necessary is also not the most important thing in the world and so to sort of step outside of that and just to sort of get a little bit of perspective and be like yes we want it back but also only when it's you know safe to do so I think (laughs) I'm really glad you said that (laughs) because definitely something that's crossed my mind in that you know I feel like yeah we're not working you know I'm not a doctor so (laughs) yeah like you said I think we should only be going back to making films when when it is completely safe to do so for everybody but then also that's a really hard thing right when people aren't able to make a living and the economy you know I do realize that it's complicated so yeah yeah exactly you feel like a dick to saying it when it's like well it's someone's livelihood that you could be you know stopping from continuing a very tricky thing to navigate for sure I'm wondering if there's anything that's particularly changed. I guess we sort of touched on it earlier with the sort of perhaps access and and remote working, but whether there's anything that's changed in your day to day or how you approach work that you'd like to continue doing once uh, lockdown lifts. I think it's probably going to be hard to, (laughs) I was about to say slowing down, which is hard to do in our industry because, you know, you, you can be working 12 plus hours, days on the shoot. And how do you fit in, you know, a run or I don't know, the thing that gets you by like and helps you to you know feel good about yourself and healthy mm. so it can be a really hard balance to to juggle I guess I want to try and hold on to some elements of the slowing down and, and kind of remember the, the clarity and the, the feeling that that's given me because it, it has been you know there's been so many times when I've almost burnt out I think and actually trying to get a bit more balance into you know quotation marks normal life would be great after this 
you know, with as a society, we also like take away some of the lessons we've hopefully learned, you know, in terms of like mutual aid groups and the community, the sense of community. That should that should be like a normal thing, right? So I hope we can kind of take some of that. Speaking of learning, is there a, a learning curve in your career that you consider to sort of have been the yeah the biggest moment or biggest like aha moment for you? Um, we've already kind of I guess to some extent talked about this, but yeah, last year on Everybody's Talking About Jamie, it really was such a special project to be working on. It was a first in so many different ways. I definitely think that was my biggest learning curve in terms of the responsibility, the kind of challenges that were thrown at me. In some ways, like it kind of reignited like a a passion in me for like what the kind of stories I want to tell and the kind of things that I want to be putting out into the world. And I feel really grateful for that. I can't wait for people to see it. I think it goes to show as well that sort of, I mean, A, you identified that and, and, and had that conversation with Warp about, you know, wanting to explore that, um, but also just the, the benefit that companies can have in, in sort of allowing their employees to have that flexibility to sort of say, go off and do this passion thing, come back to us, you know, maybe re-energised and reinvigorated, I think, is definitely yeah. something to be said for that. And finally, um, what's a film that you've seen recently, short, feature length, old or new by a woman director that you think is an undervalued gem? Do you know what I did watch the other day? I watched The Farewell, which I know isn't an undervalued gem because it did get a lot of love. I just loved it in so many. I thought it was so brilliant. But and another short, so my, my colleague Sophie, who I work with actually at Warp, she's also a writer-director and she made a short film recently with new creatives called Raised by Queens. And I just think that that's just a little, it's just such a brilliant, I think it's only like four, I don't know how long it is, maybe four minutes. It's very short, basically. Oh, wow really beautifully shot it just really struck me Kat this has been such a pleasure thank you so much for talking with me today no thank you thanks for having me on thank you for downloading and listening to this episode of best girl grip I'll be back next week with another interview and if that's too long a wait, please do visit the archive. There are 53 others to satiate your appetite. Until then, take care.